Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 147. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, you love great audio content, and because of this, Audible is offering Entrepreneur on Fire listeners a free audiobook and 30-day membership. I recommend The Icarus Deception by Seth Godin. He narrates the entire book himself, and it is incredible. Jump on this limited-time offer at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Ralph Quintero. Ralph, are you prepared to ignite? John, isn't that what we do here at Entrepreneur on Fire? Of course I am, man. Let's (laughs) set this thing on fire. I love it, Ralph. Ralph is a serial entrepreneur that enjoys sharing the keys to his success with anyone who is willing to listen. He founded Bald One Media and The Great Business Project to help entrepreneurs get off the hamster wheel and take their business to the next level. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Ralph, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. Absolutely, John. First off, thank you so much for having me here, for inviting me onto uh, your show and to talk to Fire Nation. I'm a huge fan, so it's, uh, it's great uh, to be sharing this time with you. Yeah. So uh, a little bit about me, you know, I, I am a serial entrepreneur, just like you said during the uh, intro, and I think it, it dates back to when I was 13 years old and I started my first business with a couple of buddies of mine and we started a mobile DJ company that eventually grew and uh, helped me pay for college and buy my first car and all of that other great stuff. So I think I've been building businesses for as long as I can remember. Um, but you know, shortly after college, I, I went the corporate career path and, uh, I climbed up the corporate ladder. It was very rewarding experience. It was really nice. Um, but somewhere along the way, I realized that there were different priorities. Uh, I had gotten married. Our first son was born. We were living in the West coast at the time. Our, our extended family and our, our near family was all living on the East coast. And in my role as uh, vice president of worldwide sales for the company I was working for, I was traveling about 85% of the time. Wow. So uh, I was always gone. My wife was always handling everything on her own. She was also working. Uh, she had a six-figure job as well. Um, so it was very it was very tough on her. And I'll never forget it, John. I came home one night. It was a Wednesday night. And I found my wife crying uncontrollably. And at the time, she was pregnant with our second son. Our first son was just about to turn one. And I thought, you know, the worst, I thought something had happened to the, to the baby that was about to be born or something had happened with our family back on the East Coast. And when she finally calmed down enough and I got her to, to just relax a little bit and talk to me, she just said, Ralph, I can't do this anymore. I need help. I need support. Uh, I'm all alone. You're never here. And right then and there, we decided that we were going to make this massive change and move back across the country. Um, we both quit our six-figure jobs with, with, very little plan, actually no plan whatsoever as to what we were going to do. But we knew that it was the right thing for our family uh, and it was going to be the right thing going forward. And because I've always had that entrepreneurial uh, fire inside, I decided that, you know, no matter what happened, I would never be out of work. I'd always hustle. I'd always try and figure something out. And and that's what we did. Uh, My wife and I leveraged the experiences that we both had in in the corporate world, me and the uh, audio world and international 
sales world and my wife in the uh, marketing world. And we started a small consulting firm in March of 2003 that was helping consumer electronics companies expand their businesses in Latin America. So we, we started this, this small firm and oh, fast forward order a little bit to to December of 2009, we sold that company and we were doing $35 million a year in revenue um, for the clients that we were working with. And it was a hell of a roller coaster ride. We learned a ton um, and, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So fast forward to today, what we decided to do was start a media company, like you mentioned, uh, both Baldwin Media and The Great Business Project as a way to give back, back to the entrepreneur community to help them not face the same hurdles we did or learn the same tough lessons we did, but by giving entrepreneurs the resources and tools they need to have great businesses. Wow, Ralph. Well, that is so inspiring on a lot of levels, and we're going to delve more into that later in the interview. But one thing I do want to pull out is one of the first things you mentioned was your DJ business. And just having come back a few weeks ago from New Media Expo in Las Vegas and having met you and been able to have the opportunity to hang out with you and and see you dance, I can see why you got into being a DJ. (laughs) Thanks, John. (laughs) I I love it, man. The energy of the crowd is is absolutely amazing. It drives me. I love seeing people be happy and and dance and move it's it's great oh i love weddings to the degree that i often have people come up to me at weddings and be like are you on the guest list or are you actually hired here to help people have a good time because (laughs) it's one of the two (laughs) that's awesome man so ralph we're gonna move into the next topic which as you know at entrepreneur on fire is that successful because we love getting that motivational ball rolling i'm already inspired by your pre-story it's just a great success entrepreneurial story and i can't wait to talk more about it but before we do take it away what do you have for a success quote for fire nation Surround yourself with only people who are going to lift you higher. Um, that, that quote's really important to me because a long time ago, I heard that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And I, I don't remember who said it. I don't remember if it was Tony Robbins or- I think it was Jim Rohn. But for me, that was an eye-opener because I wanted to be successful. I wanted more out of life. I, you know, I set myself to surround, you know, I set myself to to figure out who I needed to be with. Um, but- but it also freaked me out a lot because when I first heard that, I looked at the people that I was hanging out with. And it wasn't that I didn't love them or they weren't great people. Um, but I looked around and I said, I want much more than what they're doing. So how do I go about and do that? Um, and I've been doing it ever since. That's great insights, Ralph. And I love the fact that you quoted Oprah Winfrey. She's such an inspirational entrepreneur on so many levels. I've done over 150 interviews here at Entrepreneur on Fire with a lot of repeat quotes. No one has yet quoted Oprah Winfrey. So thank you for breaking that bubble. Really? It's shocking. And I just realized it when you quoted her. So that's really incredible stuff. Well, the next thing we're going to work on, John, is getting Oprah on the show. <laughs> I'm all on board. I'm nice, all on man. Board. I just exchanged emails with Mark Cuban this weekend. So I'm, I'm on a high right now. That's awesome, brother. <laughs> So, Ralph, we're going to transition to the next topic, which is failure, which are obstacles, challenges that as entrepreneurs, we face on so many levels at so many points throughout our journey. Take us back to a time when you failed, when you just came up to this obstacle that you had to dig deep and really look within yourself to overcome and then tell Fire Nation how you overcame this. It's interesting, John, because I think as entrepreneurs, if we're not failing, we're not growing. And it, it's really not until we're faced with the, those big challenges and the biggest challenges is it's then that we learn how to rise to the occasion. Yes. Um, 
And for me, I'd have to say that one of those moments was being two days away from not having enough money or cash to meet payroll for one of the companies that I ran. Uh, actually, for for the the company that my wife and I had started. Um, and that was a really dark time because my family, my employees, their families, they were all depending on me. And, you know, by all outside appearances, the company was doing well. Sales were good. Um, we were growing. We had amazing reputation. But regardless of how much money we made or, or how many new clients we brought on board, we were stuck. And, you know, I'll never forget that day. My, my wife and my mom were both working for me at the time. Um, running operations and, and the books and they came into my office and they gave me the news and they said, you know, we've, we've got payday tomorrow and there's not enough money in the bank to, uh, to cover it. And, uh, I, I gotta tell you, man, I, I, uh, I, I remember locking the, the office door and, uh, and just kind of getting, getting a little teary eyed and looking out, out the window going, holy crap, what are we going to do next? I mean, how, how do I get beyond that? Um, you know, felt, felt really crappy for a while, felt really sorry for myself. But, you know, I, I think that one of the lessons that I've learned is never, ever, ever give up under any circumstance. There's always a solution to anything you may be facing. And uh, I started to hustle. I started to figure out what it was uh, that I needed to do to solve that problem. And and I'm, I'm happy to report uh, that we were able to solve that problem, and uh, it came it came by way of sacrifices that you know most people may may not do. And in my case, I I completely drained uh, my kids' college uh, savings and part of our retirement savings. But that's that's what we had to do to 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 make it happen. And and I'm glad I did because looking back at it, um, we were able to make that up. We were able to to go beyond the situation that we were having, and and in the end, it paid off. Um, but sometimes you just have to do things like that. Sometimes you just have to take that, take that road. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, it was a huge lesson learned. Sometimes when our backs are against the wall, it really defines us as people, as entrepreneurs, and it really just digs us down to that innate level of survival of the fittest. And that's exactly what happened. You just did what you had to do, Ralph, and you dug deep, you dug into some resources you probably didn't want to do, but now because you did, you don't necessarily even have to worry about your kid's college education because you've just taken things to such a further level that that's no longer an issue. And that's a success story, and that's how you turn that failure into a positive. And let's use that to transition to the other end of the spectrum. You shared that that dark moment, that despair, that obstacle. Now share with us an aha moment, a light bulb that you've had at some point in your journey. Because as entrepreneurs, we are fortunate to have these light bulbs that come on. And it's really how we react to these light bulbs that really define our business going forward. So share with us an aha moment, Ralph, and then share with us how you turned that moment into success. You know, it's it's really interesting, John, because my aha moment is actually tied to my biggest obstacle and and the biggest failure. Perfect. Um, and around that same time, after we had, at, you know, a couple couple days after we had gone through through the, the the challenge of not being able to meet payroll, I was sitting with one of my mentors, and uh, you know, he, he said to me something that I'll never forget. Two things, he said, Ralph, you need to systemize your business, and number two, remember this: hire slow and fire fast. Wow. Um, and at the time, John, you know, things were rocking and rolling. We were flying high. I wasn't really paying attention to the, to the bottom line, to the way that we were doing things. Um, and through systemizing my business, um, you know, 
it, it made all of the difference in the world. It made my business skyrocket. It was like a, it was like a hockey stick. It's that proverbial hockey stick that you see in, in sales charts before things turn around. Um, you know, and, and part of it was also my team, you know, going back to the, uh, hire slow and fire fast. Uh, you know, we may not have been in the situation that we were in had I been a little more cautious in, in hiring these folks and fostering the team. And, uh, that was, that was the aha moment. You know, I, I locked myself in my office for weeks, uh, after having that moment. And, and I started working on a system for my business. Uh, I mean, and I, and I mean, literally systemizing everything, sales, marketing, operations, um, hiring process, everything, you know, most, most businesses spend their time systemizing. They, they create, uh, an SOP manual, uh, a standard operating procedure manual. And usually what they do is that they have things like, you know, how do you request a vacation day? How do you open the office in the morning? How do you close the office in the afternoon? And those things are all great, but people forget to systemize the things in the middle. You know, how do you, how do you collect leads? Um, how do you go about marketing your business? How do you go, um, about developing your business, about developing strategies. I mean, I systemize everything. And, and that's one thing that I look at you and, and I think that you've been very successful at. In order to do what you do every day, John, with Entrepreneur on Fire, which is deliver quality content on a consistent basis daily, you need really solid systems. And, and it's very apparent that you have them because you cannot do that unless you have systems like the ones that you've created and the way and the ones that I created. So, so for me, it was those systems that allowed me to take a business from nothing to $35 million a year in revenue. I cannot agree with you more. Systems are everything when it comes to a business. And for me, the military was one place that I really learned how to develop systems, how to implement systems, because when your life's on the line, you're going to sit down, you're going to make sure that all the blocks are checked and that you have systems in place that are going to maximize your effectiveness, your safetyness. And so when you said SOP, I almost yelled out standard operating procedure because <laughs> that's such a military term. That's all we have is our SOP manuals, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's so great to hear that you've had success doing that. I've definitely had success doing that with Entrepreneur on Fire. I, I appreciate the shout out from your end. And it is difficult because I do have to have a lot of things juggling in the air at once. And if I didn't have systems in place, if I didn't have those checks and balances, then I wouldn't be able to run this consistent platform where somebody wakes up every single morning and knows that they're going to have a great Entrepreneur on Fire episode waiting for them for that drive to work, for that jog along the beach. Take it down to the ground level real quick, Ralph, because I know you have a lot of them and you said you just systemized everything. But share with us one system that you're particularly proud of that you feel like really did just take your business to the next level. I'll share one that may transition into another one. One of the things that that we were, uh, I, I alluded to very briefly was firing our non-core clients. Um, and what had happened is over time, our business was growing organically and uh, customers would call or potential customers would call our office and say, hey, we're, we want to do business in Latin America. We hear that you guys know how to set up distribution systems down there, how to hire dealers and training and do all of this stuff. Um, and to be honest with you, Don, I, I wasn't a fan of turning business away. So anybody who was calling us um, looking looking for help down in South America, we were we would say, yes, absolutely, right. no problem. Um, but what was happening and what I wasn't realizing at the time was that you know we were moving further and further away from our core expertise, which was uh, audio. And we were working with all different kinds of companies. We were working with a, manu uh, a motorcycle manufacturer, a battery manufacturer, 
Um, we, we had been working with like supplements companies, uh, but they, they represented maybe 20 or 25% of our business, uh, maybe even 30% of our business. And 70% was core to what we had expertise in, which was the audio business. Um, and I didn't realize that that was putting an undue tax on our employees, on our systems, on the way that we operated because we were having to reinvent the wheel every single time. So one of the very first systems that we put into place um, it was, was a litmus test, which was, you know, when a customer would call in, the receptionist or anybody who answered the phone uh, and would take that call, they would say, what industry are you in? And if it wasn't related to the audio industry, whether it was professional or consumer audio, uh, they would politely refer that business to somebody else. And we, we actually created, as part of our system, a list of other companies that we could refer that business to because we knew that in the end, we weren't going to serve them as good as we would be able to uh, if they were in the audio industry. So, so it was a very simple system. It's like pick up the phone, greeting for the company, and ask straight away, what industry are you in? Um, and and even, even something as simple as that, companies don't do. And I find that the entrepreneurs that are successful and the businesses that are successful have even the most basic systems like that. We had a, we had a system uh, for, for lead generation, how we did leads. Um, you know, what happens when somebody calls in, it get, the, the lead gets entered into our customer relationship management system. Then it gets assigned to which rep, how often do we follow up? Do we follow up with an email? Do we follow up with a call? Do we follow up with both? What's the frequency in between those calls? Um, and we, we ended up creating this, this manual that anybody off the street could come in and replicate. And ultimately that was the, the thing that allowed us to, to really scale, to grow our business and, and ultimately divest of it. Those are powerful insights, Ralph. And I just had a great chat with Damian Thompson of lynchpin.net. And he talked about this so much where he wasn't successful in his business until he niched down and then he niched down again. And then he niched until it hurt were his words. Mm -hmm. Like literally, you need to be known for your specific industry. You need to just really know who your authentic company represents and then just go after that person because everything else is just white noise and you figure that out as such a great lesson to put those systems in place to weed out people that really just take away from your authentic goal, your authentic vision. On that note, Ralph, have you had an I've made it moment? I think so. Uh, you know, for, for me, it, it, it was taking a company that my wife and I started with, you know, no clients, no revenue and seeing it to seeing it grow to become a $35 million business. I mean, something we built, yeah. we built out of scratch. We built out of like an idea while we were driving around to an office supply store. You know, we, we had gone out and, and, and started buying office furniture and stuff to put in an office without really having an idea of what we were going to do. <laughs> so, so going from sitting in that Staples parking lot, trying to figure it all out, uh, to, to ultimately building that size of a business for us was very rewarding. So, um, you know, at, at this point in my life, I think that's the, I've made it moment so far, but I'm hoping to have a, a significant amount of more I've made it moments. Uh, with what you have going on right now, Ralph, I have no idea that you will. And I can just see you sitting in that parking lot right now, kind of scratching your head, looking at your wife and being like, well, I speak Spanish. Um, <laughs> I like audio music. <laughs> but yeah. it's great, you know, when you really drill it down to the ground level, 
that's where businesses start. And that's what people need to listen to. And Fire Nation needs to hear from your lips that you were there at one point. You're where a lot of our listeners are without an idea, just with passion. And just know that if you sit down and you just really develop that passion and chew on it, you're going to come up with something that if you put the right amount of effort, passion, desire, and you have a little bit of luck sprinkled in, you have the potential for success. Absolutely. And being true to yourself, John, I mean, you you spoke about it a little bit. I think I've spoken about it a little bit too, is you have to be true to who you are and who you serve. Um, and if, if you do those things, y- you are almost guaranteed success because people will support you and people want to see you succeed. So Ralph, I want to move into the next topic now, and that is your current business. Let's tell a little story real quick. So I live here in Maine, and I was up skiing maybe a month or so ago, maybe six weeks ago. I had a great ski weekend, and I'm driving back from the mountain, and my girlfriend's driving, so I'm going through my phone, checking some emails. And I had an email from this guy, Ralph Quintero, and he was just mentioning that, hey, John, love your podcast. I've decided to feature you in my magazine. Go into our initial back and forth a little bit, and then take us into exactly what you have going on with your magazine, and just let Fire Nation know what's out there. So it was it was really interesting because I I don't even remember John to be honest with you how I came across uh, your podcast. Actually, I do remember how I came across your podcast. Uh, I listen to all my podcasts on Stitcher, and one of the cool features of Stitcher is that as you're listening to your podcast, it says if you like this, you may also like. Yes. Uh, and I think I was listening to the Lifestyle Business Podcast with uh, Dan and Ian, which I absolutely love as well. Uh, and I saw you know, your, your logo down there. I went entrepreneur on fire. I, you know, I love entrepreneurship. It's, it's like <laughs> what I do. And, and that's the first time I listened. I think I came in on episode three or four and then went back and listened. And I haven't missed a day since. Um, and you know, I, I kept hearing the stories and hearing the stories and loving it. And, you know, we run the Great Business Project magazine, which is, uh, it's an iPad magazine. It's an iPad exclusive magazine. And we've been fortunate enough to be uh, one of the top 10 business and investing magazines uh, on the Apple newsstand. Yes. And one of the features that we have in the magazine every month is a section called Use Your Senses, where we always feature something that you need to watch and something that you need to listen to. And uh, I decided that I needed to share with my audience uh, all of the inspiration that I was getting from you and, and all of the work that you were putting out. Uh, and that's when, that's when I reached out to you and, and I said, you know, we, as a matter of fact, I didn't even reach out before putting you in the magazine. I, no. I just said, you know, this is worth, this is absolutely worth sharing. So we put it out there. And after the fact, I reached out and I said, oh, by the way, John, you know, thank you so much for the inspiration. And, uh, and you know, we featured you in the magazine and we've, we've struck up a great relationship ever since. We truly have. And that's what it's so valuable for listeners just to realize is how important relationships are and how easy they are to formulate. So here I was just producing something that I was passionate about, that I loved. And then here Ralph was 2,000 miles away, listening to this podcast, enjoying it, deciding to reach out to me. I was able to find out about his great magazine. And so then, of course, when I found out what he was doing, which was so inspirational to entrepreneurs, I'm like, well, Ralph, I want to share this with my audience. So I gave you a sponsorship on my show so I could tell Fire Nation at the top of the program exactly what you were doing and what you were about because I loved what you were doing. 
And because of that, we did strike up an accord. And then a couple of weeks after that, it just happened to be that we were in Las Vegas together for New Media Expo by Blog World. And we were able to meet in person, which is always taking things to the next level. And we had some great meals together and we just hung out with a great group of people and we were able to even cement that relationship even further. And it's just so important for Fire Nation listeners to know it's not that difficult when you're reaching out and surrounding yourself with like-minded people. It's so exciting. I find our relationship and our friendship rel very valuable, and I'm just looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And and same here, John. I, I really do think that part of it is is the fact that you you had so much passion and and you are putting out quality content content that people will easily share. Um, and I had no problem putting that in front of my audience. Um, and even even things uh, like your pod platform, which I think is brilliant. I think every entrepreneur out there, every business owner should be podcasting. Um, and and that's, you know, to take it even a step further, we, we even went ahead and promoted that in the magazine because we believe in it. Um, and, and I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for, for us to work together for the benefit of, of our audiences. So Fire Nation, produce great content, be passionate about it, people will find you and you'll find people and you'll be able to build this rapport around you that's just going to accelerate both of your businesses to the next level. And Ralph, I don't want to drift away from the Great Business Project, so talk to us even a little more about exactly what you have going on there and then what your vision is for the future. Okay. Absolutely. So we started the magazine back uh, in July of 2012. We actually launched it on the 4th of July, which is very appropriate. You know, Independence Day here in the U.S., Independence uh, as as an entrepreneur. Um, and it was a project that that really was started. Uh, it was one of those things that wasn't even on the on the books for 2012. We had no idea we were going to do that. Uh, at the time, we were uh, you know, producing apps through Baldwin Media, productivity apps, business apps for for entrepreneurs. Um, I was doing consulting still, one on one coaching, and uh, through our contacts at Apple and and through some other good friends, we decided that we were going to put out this magazine. And uh, we had no idea what what it was going to be like, but we did know that there was a space in the market. And you know, I I love magazines. I'm an avid magazine reader. And I think that there was this gap. Uh, on one side of the spectrum, you have Inc. and Entrepreneur Magazine, which are fabulous publications. I grew up on those. I still read those today. But they really cater to the startup crowd, I think. You know. And on the other end of the spectrum, you have Fortune, Forbes, Harvard Business Review, which are also great publications. A lot to learn from them. Um, but they're, they're really written in corporate speak. And they talk about gaining 10 and $15 million funding and Quite honestly, John, that's not the reality for most entrepreneurs out there. I no. know it definitely wasn't the reality for me. I mean, coming coming you know across venture capital and all that stuff that that was just like alien speak to me. Not because I didn't think I could get it, but because that wasn't my reality. And and I realized that there was this big gap in the middle that wasn't being filled, and that's the space that the Great Business Project is very good at filling, because we give you actionable resources, tips, advice, articles that you can put into practice right away and start seeing results in your business. And it's also written very conversationally, just like you and I are having this conversation right now. Now, I I get the best advice from the things that, like what you and I were doing in Vegas, right? Where we were sitting down and we were just, you know, chatting back and forth, enjoying some drinks, enjoying some food, and and talking about the things that are going to lift our businesses higher, things that are going to help develop our businesses. And that's the tone that we set forth in the Great Business Project magazine. 
Well, it's a great tone. I think you've just nailed it. You are filling this void that's just out there right now, which is the similar void that I wanted to fill. I just saw that there wasn't a daily podcast out there of inspiring and just successful content from these entrepreneurs, and you found this void in between the Forbes and the Fast Company on the on the left and the right side. So I think you're just filling a great niche, Ralph. I'm a huge fan of the magazine. I look forward to it coming out every single month. You've had some great people on the cover, Barbara Corcoran, Pat Flynn, and a little inside peek for Fire Nation ears only, John Lee Dumas, yours truly, is going to be featured on a future cover. That is correct. And I am so looking forward to it because I'm finally going to have you on the other side of the microphone uh, <laughs> on the wait. receiving end. So I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I'm excited, Ralph. And there are so many great things going on at The Great Business Project. We're going to be linking everything up in the show notes. And this brings us to the last segment of the interview, which is the lightning round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions, Ralph. And you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. I'm ready for <laughs> All it. right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, I think it was money. Uh, and that was until I realized that there's ways around that. Uh, there's partnerships. There's leverage. There's all kinds of things you can do to get around the money issue. Uh, I mean, uh, Chris Gullibo has a great book out, $100 Startup. Uh, I mean, today there is no excuse for not starting a business. You can start a business for next to nothing. Um, so for me, I, I guess it was I guess it was money, but there's ways around that. And the barriers are so low. You're so right, Ralph. You just don't need a ton of capital. And, and you mentioned earlier about rounds of venture capital, $10 million, $15 million. And that's just not a reality for a lot of entrepreneurs today. And to be honest with you, it shouldn't be. It was never a goal of Entrepreneur on Fire to go out and get venture capital. Because what a lot of people need to realize is that when you go out and you do get these seed fundings and this round of financing, you're giving up a lot of control. You're giving up a lot of equity in your company. And if that's your vision and if that's your goal, that's great and you should strive towards it. But for me, Entrepreneur on Fire, I'm subscribing to a recent interviewee that I just had on the show, Eric Reese, The Lean Startup Method, where you're just bootstrapping, you're really getting out there with that minimally viable product and you're improving it as it goes. When I launched Entrepreneur on Fire, I wasn't a great interviewer. I just improved as I went. I went out there to produce as good a content as I possibly could at the time, audio and quality-wise, but I didn't just wait until I was perfect because I'll never be perfect. And you've done the same thing, Ralph. It's really inspiring. And that leads us perfectly to the next question, which is, what's the best business advice that you've ever received? I, I said it before and I'll say it again. Hire slow and fire quick. Uh, having the wrong employees uh, can not only be a, a complete drain of cash and time and resources, uh, but it, it could be very, very toxic to the rest of your team, to your organization, and even to your clients. Um, and if you don't address that quickly enough, uh, you could end up in a situation like I was, where I was two days away from, from going broke. Um, and, and a lot of that I can attribute to, to some of the team members that I had at the time. Absolutely. What's something that's working for you right now? 
Outsourcing. Outsourcing. Yes. Outsourcing. We can give Chris Ducker a plug here. I, we're totally going to give Chris Chris a plug on this because Chris and I, and I know you and Chris have, have talked about this. And, and one of the things I like to say, and I know Chris does too, is who says you can't buy time? You know, I hate that quote when people say, oh, you can't buy time. Of course you can buy time. It's called outsourcing. And uh, it's the easiest way to multiply uh, your your energies and and be able to get out there because you you can. You can build systems around it and, and outsource it. And and, and essentially be everywhere. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? I love Remember the Milk. Uh, I use uh, I use the web app Remember the Milk. It's also on my phone, on my iPad. And it's, it's what I use to keep my to-do list organized. Perfect. We will link that up in the show notes. If you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be? God, I have so many. So that's a really hard question for me because I, I am an avid reader. Uh, although this year I'm going on Chris Brogan's three book diet where you only yeah. read three books all year and, and get the most out of them. So I'll let you know how that goes. But, <laughs> but if I had to pick just one that had a massive impact on my business, I'd have to say that it's the uh, E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And and I read that around the time that I was systemizing my business. And it was it was a huge, huge help in in getting my mindset right in building the systems. Well, Chris Brogan's three book diet should also be called the Amazon finance diet because <laughs> it seems like every night when I crawl into bed, I'm like, what book can I buy right now with the click of a button or the touch of my finger? Exactly. I mean, for me, for me, John, I, I probably read, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere close to 35 or 40 books last year. And, and I could remember the gist of all of them, but I think that if I would have really, you know, delved deep into some of the, the content in those books and what they taught, uh, you know, I could have benefited from it even more. So that's why I decided to try that this year. Well, I've recently had Robert Greene on the show who wrote 48 Laws of Power and Mastery, which was just recently released. And I could recommend either of those books for anybody's three-book diet because for one, they're both mammoth, especially 48 Laws of Power. And number two, this guy just researches like no other. So you are getting a book full of in-depthly researched content, and it's just a beauty to behold. I, I, I agree, uh, especially on the 48 Laws of Power. Robert did an amazing job. I actually read that when I was uh, finishing my corporate stint, and uh, I learned a tremendous amount from yeah. that book, uh, especially an insight into some of the people that were above me in the corporate uh, structure and how they ticked and how they operated. And it, it, it just allowed me to uh, work within the confines of, uh, of corporate a little bit better. Mm, great insights he has. Quick note, Fire Nation, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com, a gift from Audible for Entrepreneur on Fire listeners. That's eofirebook.com. So Ralph, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest, and then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? You know, it's, it's really interesting. We were just talking about how you can start a business for next to nothing. So, so here's what I do. I take 
about $200 of that 500 in, in dollar bills. And I'd stand outside a busy coffee shop offering people $1 to tell me what their biggest challenge or struggle is. Yeah. So that's my market research for 200 bucks. Then it. I'd go home and organize my results and using the rest of the money, create a website that helps people overcome the most common issues or challenges that I found through my market research. And th that's going to solve two purposes. First, it's going to get me known in this new world. Like, you know, people are going to be like, who's that guy giving away money? And, and you know, <laughs> second, I'm going to have people telling me what they need instead of creating something that may not work. And I think that's the biggest thing uh, that a lot of people go into. Um, you know, they, they start with this amazing passion uh, and it's okay to pursue your passion. I don't want to turn anybody away from that. But as you pursue your passion, make sure that you're also asking within the confines of that is what, what are the challenges and what are the struggles and marry those two things in, in producing the product or the service that you're going to put out there. Absolutely. If you want your passions to be able to sustain themselves and turn into a viable business, that is a key question you consistently need to be asking. So Ralph, you've given us some incredible advice this entire interview, and we as Fire Nation are all better for it. Give us one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Absolutely, John. And, and thanks again for having me My on. My pleasure. Um, but the, the one parting bit of, of guidance and advice that I have for anybody it's something that I have up in my office, in my car, on my mirror, and I even wear it on my wrist uh, on a bracelet that I carry with me every day. And that is take massive action. You have to take massive action every day. Uh, you only live this life once. And every day that goes by that you're not taking massive action on something is, is another day lost. So whatever it is that you're passionate about, whatever it is that you're building, whatever it is that you want to do to change the world, start now, start right now, this second, go do something you've been, you know, putting off, whether it's that client call, whether it's, um, a sales letter, whatever it is, putting a video up on YouTube for the first time, whatever it is, go do it right now. Take massive action. That's the best bit of advice that I can give. Uh, and then in terms of anybody who wants to learn more about our project and what we're doing, they can come see us at thegreatbusinessproject.com. Uh, and for the magazine, they can head over to thegreatbusinessproject.com forward slash mag. And that's going to take you right over to the iTunes store and you'll be able to get the magazine right there. Wow. That was just a great parting piece of guidance, Ralph, because if there's one thing that we all have in the world that's equal to everybody else, that's time. And it's how we decide to use that time that defines us as entrepreneurs and taking massive action will always produce great results. Ralph, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, John. See you soon. Fire Nation, what great idea do you have brewing inside you? Enough brewing. Take powerful action today. Go grab your domain and get your website up. I've created a simple seven-minute tutorial that will walk you through acquiring your domain for free all the way to your first post. Go to eofirewebsite.com to access this great tutorial, your free domain, and much more. That's eofirewebsite.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com. Your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.